Welcome to the Life Point Louisville podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Jennifer McGill. For more information about this podcast and for other resources, visit lifepointlou.org. We're going to continue on um, week two of Out of the Cave. Um, what a great word last week, Pastor Sean. Thank you so much for just who you are. You're a man of God. You are just the finest man I've ever seen. I'm so grateful to be your wife. You're a great father. You're a great leader, a great pastor, and a great friend. So thank you for that word last week. I hope if you were here, if you were not here, you should go back and listen to that podcast. It was really great. Talked a lot about out of this book that um, we both felt a few months ago, honestly, really called to bring a word to you guys from. It's a book called Out of the Cave, written by Pastor Chris Hodges. If you have not picked that up yet, you should get it. It is a great word. It, it goes into so much more depth than what we're able to do on a Sunday morning. But last week, um, they talked about how some ways that we get ourselves in the cave. You know, Elijah was this great man of God who had done really amazing, awesome things. And then he heard a voice of a threat and it sent him into, into hiding, into a cave. And so we're gonna continue on this week with how to get out of the cave. So we talked a lot about some ways that we put ourselves into the cave. And let me just start by saying like, we are not clinical therapists and we believe in therapy and we believe in what God can do um, through counseling and through self-help. Like we believe in that. But I also believe in the word of God. Those things can line up together. And I think that there's some things that we can glean from the story of Elijah on how we can take some steps to get out of the cave. Because I don't know about you, but I just know that there's some times that God wants to do something in my life, but he wants me to take a step too. And so we can take steps to put ourselves into a cave. And I think he's also telling us that, hey, knock, knock. There's some things that you could do. Like we can't control everything, but there are some things that we can do to take a step out of the cave. And so we're gonna continue on in Elijah's story today. Um, also, I just wanna first of all say thank you, Chris. I asked Chris to stay with me today, so pray for his fingers. They might get tired as he plays, but thank you. Um, we're gonna pick up in 1 Kings, if you have your Bibles. Um, and you know what? Like, if you don't have your Bible with you, you should bring it sometime. This is, oh, see, look, I've, this, I'll just, we'll leave those there. It's fine. Um, this is like light and truth, and, and it is food for your soul. Well, we're going to pick up in 1 Kings 19, verse 5, and it says, Then he, Elijah, lay down under the bush and fell asleep. And all at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. Mmm, some fresh bread. He ate and drank and then lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for this journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank, and strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. 
Just a quick note, if you don't know this, you see now, like Jesus came, right? And so Jesus came, and so we can have God dwelling in us now. But in the Old Testament, God didn't dwell in people. He dwelt in physical places, and he was dwelling at the top of this mountain. And so he was telling him to go to the place where he was dwelling. But I think what's really cool about this story is when the angel visited him, he didn't attend to his spiritual needs first. The first thing he attended to was his physical need. And so the first step that I think we all, like regardless of where you're at, the first step to take, if you wanna kinda step out of darkness and step out of anxiety and take a step out of depression is to step into needed recovery. And what I mean by that is a physical recovery. You know, I think that there's things that God wants to do in our lives, but we're unhealthy. He talked about this last week. There's so many things that we do to ourselves that keeps us in this unhealthy state. And sometimes we're so physically unhealthy, we can't receive what God wants to do in us. Many of you know about um, what my mom is going through right now. She's walking through this um, stage four cancer diagnosis. And back in June, um, when she initially got that diagnosis, I traveled to Arkansas to be with her to go to her first oncology appointment. And so we didn't know that weekend is all that weekend she was dying. Um, and we went to her oncology appointment on Monday and we got there and the doctor was like, well, yes, we see, like, here's your scans. Here's this cancer. There's this big tumor there. It's all in your chest. Um, but there's this other thing that this cancer has caused that has caught, like, you're about to die. And we found out later that night, she was literally minutes from dying. And you see the cancer had caused all of this fluid to surround her heart and her heart was about to stop beating. And so the doctor was like, we can't even start to treat the cancer because this is so unhealthy that you're gonna, you're gonna die. And not even that, like your body couldn't even receive the treatment because you're so physically unhealthy. And I think sometimes like we encounter things or we read something in the Bible or maybe you've been to counseling or you've read a book and you've got a solution. There's been something that's been given to you that's like, here's the answer. But you're so physically unhealthy your body can't receive it. Like you're so unhealthy that what God wants to do, like he, of course he can do anything in a moment, but I think he's asking us, would you take a step? Because the angel says here, he says, before you do anything else, like I'm telling you that you need to go to this mountain, I'm gonna, but you're, you're not strong enough. You can't do it right now. You need to take a nap and eat some bread. Eat some Jill Crow's bread. If you don't know, you need to eat some Jill Crow's bread. You need to take a nap and eat some bread. And, and so maybe you've tried these solutions to your depression or your anxiety and you've tried, but you're physically unhealthy. And you know what? There's a lot of things in life that we cannot control. But I just wanna give you a practical step when we talk about taking control and we talk about taking care of our bodies. You can control your time. You know, there's a principle in the Bible called the Sabbath. Has anybody ever heard of the Sabbath? You know what that is? And, you know, there's, um, 
a lot of things that God tells us to do, you know, and Sabbath is a command, and he doesn't just do that, like, for fun, you know, he's just like, oh, that's a fun idea, just do it if you want to, if you don't want to, no big deal, but it's a command, because when we don't have control of our time, and we allow everyone else and everything else to dictate what we do with our life and to dictate and control what we do, we're going to get to a physically unhealthy place. You know, Moses wrote in Psalm 90, 12, he said, teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. Help us to spend them as we should. And so today, the first step is to step into this needed recovery. And so I have a prescription for you. So if you got your notebook, get out your notebook. Okay, this is your first thing today. I want you to go home and take a nap. Take a nap and then wake up and eat some bread. Eat a donut, eat a cookie. Do something to take care of your soul to take care of your body. Hey, maybe you're in here and you're like, well, I have kids. Like, I have a four-year-old. And people always tell me, why don't you just go home and rest and take a nap? I'm like, I can't take a nap. He's just all over the place. He don't let me take any kind of rest. The minute I lay my head down, mommy, 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 mommy. But hey, let me give you a little secret. So if you're a parent in this room, let me give you a secret. So over there in Kids Point, they play these um, teachings for them that you can find on YouTube. Just get on YouTube and search Bible Adventure by Life Church, right, Liz? Bible Adventure, and you can let them get the Word of God in their soul, and it's really cute, and they have cartoons, and then you just lay there by them and take a little nap, okay? Even if it's 20 minutes, but today... I'm just asking, like, would you take care of your body? Let's continue on in the story in 1 Kings 19.9. It says, there he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, Elijah says, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant. They've torn down your altars. They put your prophets to death with the sword. You see, they were worshiping Baal at this time. And Elijah says, I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. And the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. And then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And if you don't hear anything else I say today, if you told me, well, what's the only step? Like just one step. Okay, you're going to give me five today, five steps to get, but like what's the one step? This would be the one step I would say, like walk away from this that you need to encounter the manifest presence of the living God daily. You need to encounter his presence. Yes, he is omnipresent. He is with us always, but you need to take a step to encounter his manifest presence. So the second step is to step 
into a God encounter. Guys, we've got to learn to cultivate the presence of God in your life. If you pick up that book that I mentioned out of the cave, he goes into lots of different ways to practice the presence. But I'm gonna give you a, just like one thing today. You know, and it's just like the scripture, he was looking for him in the dynamic. And sometimes we look for God to show up in the like, boom, and he's here, and bam, he did this for me. But often he wants us to step into a still, quiet moment with him. And again, maybe you say, well, you don't know my life, and it's so busy, and I just got all these people, and yet, yet, all the time, and I don't have any time. I have no time. I cannot take a minute to encounter the presence of God. Will you make time for what matters to you? And it's not as hard as we think to settle ourselves and to quiet out the world. Psalm 4610 says, be still and know that I am God. And so the practical, easy way to do this, to encounter the manifest presence of God is to worship. It's to enter into his presence with worship. And you don't need the band and you don't need the lights. I love that Dustin did that at the end. Like you don't need all of that. It's cool. It's awesome. I love that we have it. I love to come here on Sundays and encounter that, but you don't need that. You just need to step into his presence. Psalm 1611 says, in your presence, there is fullness of joy. You know, there have been moments in my life I've struggled with depression. I've struggled with anxiety. And there's been moments I've been in the depths, the utter depths of despair, where fear has had me gripped so tightly. I've dealt with night terrors. And let me tell you, the only thing that has helped me take a step out of that is worship. I have another prescription for you today. So if you have your notebook, if I was your doctor, this is what I would write out for you. Get your phone, get your iPad, get your whatever. If you have an Android, an iPhone, whatever it is, Spotify. Pull up Spotify, Apple Music. I don't know what Android has. And find this album called Scripture Lullabies. And what it is, is the Word of God this right here put to lullaby music we put Sam to sleep to it every night there was this few months ago that I was really 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 sick and I was very fearful honestly really scared I was kind of scared for my life and um, I was laying in bed and just crying and crying and Sean walked in the room and he put on scripture lullabies on his phone and laid beside me and He didn't like have some really powerful, like the word of God told me to blah, blah, blah. He just like, like put on the scripture and fear just like immediately dissipated. Now I didn't get well right away, but the fear was gone. And so whatever you've been confused by, and maybe you've like said, well, but there's just so much going on in my life and this is happening and you don't understand about this and this happened to me and this happened to me and 
And you know what? There were people in the Bible that went through that too. You know, Asaph, I don't know if you know who he is, but he was a, basically a worship leader. Um, and in Psalm, Psalm 73, the first 15 verses, he's talking all about like all of these things that are happening and, you know, these wicked are prospering and, and I'm just, oh, and it's bad and it's bad for me and everything is bad. And he picks up, so the first 15 verses are all of this like complaining. And in verse 16, he says, but when I, tr- when I tried to understand all this, so all of these bad things, it troubled me deeply till I entered the sanctuary of God. And you see, that was the place where the people of God would gather to worship. So I just want to encourage you today to not let your depression, to not let the darkness in your life have the last word. That God's presence will be what pushes you through. We're going to continue on 1 Kings 19, 13 through 14. It says, when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face. So like he ran into a cave and then now he's covering his face and he went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. And then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? He's like, you you ran into a cave and now you're hiding. Like, what are you doing here? And he replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. He's saying it again. The Israelites have rejected your covenant. They've torn down your altars and put your prophets to death with the sword. And I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. Maybe you've been there. Maybe you're like, I'm the only one. There's no one but me that's doing right. But I think what we're seeing here today is someone who lost their confidence in their God identity. You know, it started back at the beginning of 1 King 19 when Jezebel threatened him. It's that critic's math. Like he had done all these, he'd like done crazy. God had used him to do crazy miracles. And then he got word that one person was like, I'm not coming after you. And he ran away. He believed like what someone else said about him. And we've done this too. Maybe for you, you're a student. It's something someone said about you on Instagram and you believe the lie. You believe the lie that the world told about you. Maybe someone when you were like a kid said something negative and you've received that and you have believed that and believed it and believed it so much until you've taken that on as your identity. So the next step that I think that God wants us to do is to step into our true identity. And you know what? Like, this is why I think you need to be around these people. Because you're going to hear that you're a child of God. You're forgiven and you're loved and you are whole and you have purpose. God has a plan for your life. Because what you believe about yourself when you look at yourself in the mirror, when you wake up in the morning and you look at yourself in the mirror, what you believe is foundational to who you will become. And the only one, the only person who is qualified to define you is the one who created you. There is no one else. Students, there is no one else. There is no other friend. There is no peer. 
There is no TV show. There is no Instagram account. There is no influencer. There is no, 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 nothing that can define you but what he says about you. You know, I love this like childlike confidence in themselves. Like if you have ever been around a child that has been like in a home that was healthy and where their parents said good things about them. I just love the confidence they have. If you've met my son, Sam, he's four years old and he is confident. He's just, he knows who he is. He walks around and he'll say, I'm smart because God made me that way. He'll say, I have a really big brain because God made me that way. Last night he told me, he said, mommy, I'm really funny. Yeah, you are. You're really funny. And I think if we could just all get that back. See, he's confident in what his mommy and daddy have said about him. And he hasn't allowed the world to tell him yet that he's not enough. And I just wish that each of you would look at your father today. And you would just get a glimpse, if you would just get a glimpse in him of who you are. And maybe you need to start some daily declarations. Like maybe you need to get the word of God and write out some things that he says about you, that you are his. And if you will encounter who he says you are, I just think there's like nothing you can't do. Honestly, like Sam believes there's nothing right now that he can't do because he has a mom and a dad that have called out good things in him. And your heavenly father wants to do that for each of you. He wants you to step into your true identity. So we're gonna continue on. And I like what happens next. It's interesting. God doesn't answer all of Elijah's complaints when he responds back to him. But he tells him, to go back the way that he came. And maybe you don't know the significance of the place he came from, but he came through Beersheba. And Beersheba means the place of the oath. Um, And I don't know, maybe it was just God saying, I want you to go back through where an oath was made. Like where you said, I am yours. I am your servant. I will do what you have called me to. 1 Kings 19, 15, it says, The Lord said to him, Go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. And when you get there, anoint Hazael king over Aram, also anoint Jehu and anoint Elisha. And Jehu's going to put anybody to death and Elisha will put anybody to death. Here's what I think is really interesting too. He does respond to one thing Elijah has said two times. He said, I'm the only one. There's nobody. God says, yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel. There's 7,000 that have not bowed down to Baal and whose mouths have not kissed him. And so what he's telling him here and what God is calling him to is a new task, a new calling. See, Elijah had, he'd went really far south 
But God's telling him, turn around, go back through the way you came and go north. And when you get there, I want you to anoint these people and they're going to do some really awesome things. And ultimately, it would set up this new political order that would defeat this worship of Baal that they had been trying to do. See, God was calling him to something new. And this new thing had great purpose. You know, even psychology will tell you that there's nothing more powerful than a project. Like if anybody last year saw anyone when the world shut down and everyone was stuck inside, what did people start doing? Baking sourdough and doing things with their hands because it's powerful to have a purpose. And when we lose our purpose, I'm just telling you, it's, it's scary. And I believe that God wants to heal you and restore you so you can step into a new purpose for your life. And if there's no purpose in what we're doing, then why does it even matter? Proverbs 29, 18, you've probably heard us say that around here. Where there is no vision, the people perish when there's nothing to push towards, they're just going to kind of, ugh. You know, Paul talks about this. And Paul had a really, honestly, some crazy things happen to him. You know, the 39 lashes that Jesus took, he had that five times. He was snake bitten. He was shipwrecked. He was left out at sea. He was harassed. But yet, in 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18, he says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, what's happening to me, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And you see, he had something bigger he had a purpose in his life that was beyond what his troubles were. And God has that for you. A purpose to step into, to continue to take a step out of the dark, darkness. And then 1 Kings 19, 19, and it says, So Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. You see, the last thing he did was step into relational strength. And this is why we believe in relationships. Pastor Sean talked about this last week. Like We don't get a, like a bonus when you sign up for small groups. It's a good thing. But we believe in it because there's something that happens when you insulate yourself with relationships. And when you're isolated on your own, you're at risk for a cave-in. But when you surround yourself with people, it's like, it's like buying insurance. It's the best insurance against a cave-in. I want to read you this story um, a really great story. It's about friendship. Um, it occurred to Pooh and Piglet that they hadn't heard from Eeyore for several days. 
So they put on their hats and coats and trotted across the hundred acre wood to Eeyore's stick house. Inside the house was Eeyore. Hello, Eeyore, said Pooh. Hello, Pooh. Hello, Piglet, said Eeyore in a glum sounding voice. We just thought we'd check in on you, said Piglet, because we hadn't heard from you and so we wanted to know if you were okay. Eeyore was silent for a moment. Am I okay? he asked. Eventually, well, I don't know, to be honest. Are any of us really okay? That's what I asked myself. All I can tell you, Pooh and Piglet, is that right now I feel really rather sad and alone and not much fun to be around at all, which is why I haven't bothered you, because you wouldn't want to waste your time hanging out with someone who is sad and alone and not much fun to be around at all, would you? Pooh looked at Piglet, and Piglet looked at Pooh, and they both sat down, one on either side of Eeyore in his stick house. And Eeyore looked at them in surprise. What are you doing? We're sitting here with you, said Pooh, because we are your friends. And true friends don't care if someone is feeling sad or alone or not much fun to be around at all. True friends are there for you anyway, and so here we are. Oh, said Eeyore. And the three of them sat there in silence. And while Pooh and Piglet said nothing at all, somehow, almost imperceptibly, Eeyore started to feel a very tiny little bit better because Pooh and Piglet were there. No more, no less. You know, we see later in the story of Elijah, there's a couple other times he tries to go out on his own. But he had stepped into this connection, this relationship with Elisha, and Elisha wouldn't let him. And so we don't ever see again. I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm just saying, like, I don't ever see it again in the Bible where he's by himself in a cave again, like by himself in a cave of depression again. So we need each other. We need to be in relationship with each other. We all need to step into a physical recovery. We all need to step into a God encounter. We need to step into our true identity, what God says about you, and step into a new assignment, new purpose, step into relationship. But God has something, I believe, here today. I've been praying and praying for today, and I believe, honestly, deep in my soul, this is not just pastor talk. I believe there's someone here today that God wants to set free from depression forever. Like, in a moment, I believe, just honestly hear me, I believe that if you need counseling, you should seek counseling. I have done that multiple times in my life. I think that there are lots of things that we should do. But I also believe that the person of the Holy Spirit, if you have never encountered him, can do in a moment, in a moment, something that you have been begging and asking for and begging and begging and seeking solutions and seeking answers and trying to find the right way. But in a moment, God can heal it. And I believe it's gonna happen today. I believe someone in here, if you will just listen to the voice of God, 
And if you'll be bold, if you'll be bold, because it takes boldness. It takes boldness to take a step into what God wants for you. But I believe today, if you will, if you'll take a step, he's not, he's not like this mean God. And the Holy Spirit isn't like this trickster that's like, ooh, do this. And he just like trails you. Like he, no, if you'll, I just, I think today, if you'll just take a step towards him in a moment, he's going to heal you. So we're going to sing. I think we are. We're going to sing. And if you guys will just stand with me. We're going to sing, and what we're going to do is, um, the prayer team, if you guys could go ahead and come down. I'm going to pray for us before we sing, and I just believe, honestly, if you'll be bold, and I know, I know, hey, there's people around, but if you'll be bold and you'll take a step out, God is going to do something really powerful in your life today. I believe there's a teenager in this room. There's a student in this room that has been fighting darkness and depression. And yeah, oh, okay, maybe people are watching you. Who cares? Who cares what someone else thinks about you? You want healing? Step out. God, I ask right now, Lord, I pray that your presence, your manifest presence would encounter someone today in a powerful and mighty way. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would enter into someone's heart and mind right now in the name of Jesus, that power would come upon them, that they would feel emboldened to take a step to take a step towards their healing. God, we pray in this moment that healing is falling in this room. Holy Spirit, come and do. Break out in this room. Break out in this room. Jesus, we need you right now in the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Louisville podcast. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the good news of Jesus, you can give by visiting lifepointlou.org forward slash give or text LCLOU to 77977. Thanks so much. We hope you have an incredible week.